One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. You always want to be in the will of the Lord, right? And, and when you're submitted in prayer, when you're crying out to the Lord and you let Him speak, amazing supernatural things are going to happen. And, you know, we're, we always have road bumps. We always have things we have to strategically navigate. And we don't understand everything. That's why, because if we did, we wouldn't need the Lord, right? But we actually need the Lord. This is His gig, right? This is His church. He, he, he's birthing something in here, right? And so anytime the Lord responds um, and, and starts speaking prophetically through people, he's going to do a big thing, right? And so the evidence of an enemy is actually not a bad thing. The evidence of an enemy is actually that you're doing something supernatural that the enemy wants to try to thwart, right? He wants to try to stop it because if you actually get a hold of it fully, that... You know, nothing can be stopped. You're actually breaking ground. You're actually breaking into new things. And I believe the Lord um, is going to speak here today about a strategy that some of you have been crying out for. Um, and he wants to build upon it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm going to read this. Um, this is probably about a page long, but it's a prophecy for you. Okay? So when the Lord woke me up, he woke me up out of this vision. And, and as he woke, or it was a dream, and as he woke me up, it became a vision, and he started to speak to me about what he was showing me. And this is what I saw. I saw the enemy army sending spies to look through your big picture windows. They were trembling at what was happening at Glory and Fire Worship Center. The spies have fear in their eyes. They're shaking and trembling as they're looking in and actually seeing what is happening at Glory and Fire. I see Pastor David organizing prayer teams. People begin to pray in tongues in the, in the place on, on a daily and weekly basis. People start embracing the way of the Spirit. I see a deliverance team leading people in deliverance. I see people learning to pray for others and prophesy. I see a team of people praying for healing. And I see teams that flow in words of knowledge being sent out into the city to witness the power of God, sending people into neighborhoods with words of knowledge that initiate deliverance on the streets and the army of the glory and fire worship center even grows bigger than it is today. Amen? Amen. It is the evidence of God's power that scares the enemy and the most and most because they have no answer. They are powerless to the spiritual prayer that is embedded in the hearts who give themselves to the Holy Spirit. Amen. They're powerless to the deliverance. They are powerless to the healing. They are powerless to the prophecy. They are powerless to the move of God that He has destined you to step into. I see the spies go back and tell their generals. So they organize archers from a distance. You can see them, but they are out there. Um, you can't see them, but they're out there. And, and the Lord wants you to know not so that you would fear, but because you know God is with you. So I see the enemy archers 
begin to release these flaming arrows at the church. Okay? Some of these arrows land on the roof and start fires on, 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 the, on the covering. Other arrows break through the roof and they hit individuals with heavy depression and a desire to quit and fall back. Other arrows hit people that create strife. But the glory and fire church are not intimidated. Instead, you pick up the pace of prayer. I see daily prayer and intercession teams praying in the spirit. And the dome of light appears over the church. It's like a glory light with angels who hover above the church as the gift of tongues activates more and more angels who are called to the battle that the Lord has called you to enter in this place, in this city for his glory. As spiritual prayer goes up from your prayer teams, it's like the angels ride the waves of those prayers straight into the enemy's camp and begin to drive those who launch the fiery arrows out of this region. The war itself actually bursts the supernatural army. I hear the Lord say, do not back down, but assemble your army to fight. Assemble your prayer teams. Assemble your intercessors. Assemble your healing teams. Assemble your deliverance teams. Assemble your evangelism teams to cast out demons on the street and demonstrate the power of God. Louisville will be saved. Louisville will be saved. Louisville will be saved. I see you winning this war. And your army grows. I hear the Lord say, pray without ceasing in this season. And you will win. Do not back down. Do not back down. Do not fear, says the Lord. I say it again. Do not fear. Yes. But fight with the weapons of the army that I've given you, says the Lord. Stay close to me in this hour. And pray without ceasing. And watch how I exalt you over your enemies, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. You see, I believe the Lord um, is, is, is sending an impartation today, okay? I, I, I mean, I'm, I just flew into town, okay? I, I haven't talked to Pastor David since last fall when I was here. I didn't know what was going on. I'm just gauging the pulse of the Spirit, okay? And I'm gauging that you guys are doing something that's causing your enemies to tremble. Amen? Amen. And there's two, there's two elements to this, okay? I want to I address two things. There's the spiritual equipping part, and we're going to get to that here in a minute. But the other part is those arrows, you know, those flaming arrows, right? Yeah. And those flaming arrows of the enemy, right? Paul said they are flaming arrows, yeah. right? Yeah. They are sent to separate the body, yeah. okay? Yeah. If you guys stay unified in the spirit, nothing's going to stop you. Yeah. And the only option the enemy has is to create strife and separate you. Some of those arrows will touch people. They'll get depressed. They'll get weary. They'll try to fade away and they'll, they'll, they'll kind of walk away. And the body needs to pull those people back, right? They, they need to go get them. They need to help them. They need to work with them. They need to minister to them. You need to do deliverance ministry with them. You need to do healing ministry with them, right? The, the body should be ministering to each other supernaturally in the power of the Holy Spirit. But the thing that I think you need to be extremely aware of is anytime there's a move of God going to happen, the enemy uses strife to separate the body yeah. and create disunity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Strife is a very strategic thing. Yes, sir. And strife happens when a body defaults to what they see with their eye instead of what they see with their heart. 
Because if you if you default to what you see with your eye, you are going to very easily be twisted by a spirit of of strife. That yeah. spirit of strife will say, well, look at this guy. Look at that guy. That guy. Oh, I don't know about that guy. I'm questioning that guy. Right? Just subtle thoughts. Just subtle thoughts that separate people from each other. Yeah. They keep you from being unified in the spirit. Right? Because if, you're, if you are dis, in, in disunity, you can't enter into unity. Right? I mean, I don't have to be a, like a rocket scientist to figure that one out. If you, if you are not unified... Um, guess what? Strife is doing its job. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's one thing in the spirit that will protect you from disunity and strife. Okay? In, in Isaiah 11, it said that the sevenfold spirit of God was on Jesus. Right? And he was so in love with the spirit, he was immersed in the spirit of God. Right? Jesus, the theme of Jesus' life is that he was in prayer every day. Right? Jesus yeah. goes off to himself. He prays. He comes out. He's like, all right, boys. This is where we're going. Woman at the well. Okay, boys, this is where we're going. The feed the 5,000, right? He created unity because he heard the Lord. And it says that Jesus, verse um, chapter 11, Isaiah, it, it says that Jesus did not judge by the seeing of the eye or the hearing of the ear. Okay? He judged with the gift of true discernment. Yeah. Discernment is spiritual. It's not what you think is real. It's not what you think is going to happen. It's not what you think is going on with somebody. It's not what you think um, is wrong with somebody that they're against you or, or they're trying to do something bad to you or they're going to do something bad to the church. When you are in the Spirit, you actually depend on the Spirit to reveal what the Spirit is saying to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if the Spirit is speaking to this church, guess what? He's got a plan for this church and unity is involved. Yeah. And if He needs to deal with people, He'll deal with people. Okay? But your job is not to create disunity. Your job is not to create strife in the body. Because you know why? You know, the devil wears a face, right? Strife just doesn't happen on somebody that hasn't been selected for strife to fall on. Okay? Strife actually comes through a person who creates disunity in, in, in people, in, in others. Right? So the caution point here, guys, is you better be very careful before you jump to a conclusion. And just as a reminder, you know, Matthew 18 says if you have off with your brother, you better come together and you better pray together, baby. You better come together with the love of God in your heart and you better say our objective here is unity and we're going to work this out, okay? We're going to be real with each other. We're going to love each other. We're going to pray for each other. Amen? And so with that said, I want to I want to really emphasize these spiritual weapons that the Lord wants to emphasize. Okay? Because spiritual spiritual prayer is one of them, okay? Spiritual prayer is absolutely necessary that as you are growing in spiritual warfare, as you are growing in purpose and and hearing what the Lord is saying to you as a body and all these teams are being created, right? You have deliverance teams, you're going to have healing teams, you're going to have prophecy teams, you're going to have evangelistic teams. Um, I, I believe it's imperative that intercession picks up. Okay? Why? Because you're taking ground. Okay? If you're out on the street and you're, you're bringing people into the church, people are getting healed, people are being delivered, 
gifts in people are being awakened. And suddenly it's not just Pastor David doing all the ministry. It's suddenly 50 people who can prophesy and cast out demons and heal the sick. Amen. Guess what? An army's birth. There's actually now 50 Pastor Davids. And then those 50 reproduce another 50. Are you with me? That's what the devil fears. Amen? And so spiritual prayer and intercession go hand in hand with any growth and the taking of ground. Okay? And so Romans 8.26 says this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. Okay? Weakness. I described some weaknesses. Strife. Depression. Heaviness. The arrows that the enemy um, is launching. Right? Um, what do you do? Well, the answer, Romans 8.26 says, in your weakness. Right? In, in your weakness. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with a groan that we don't understand. Right? So when those thoughts come in your head and, and you, you're, you don't know how to operate, you don't know what to do, heaviness comes upon you. Weakness comes upon you. Well, guess what? The Lord actually gives you a secret weapon where you can actually enter in to the power of the Spirit who vowed, Jesus vowed, that in your weakness, I will make you strong. Right? And that's not just something to quote. That's a practice. Okay? It, it takes a... It, it, you, you know, anybody talks cheap. Talks cheap. You can walk around and you can quote a Bible scripture all day long. You can say something like, In my weakness, Jesus is strong. Amen, brother. Right? Let's just add, a, add another one to the common church lingo. In my weakness, He is strong. Yeah, but what are you doing? Have you entered the Spirit? Have you laid down your fleshly weakness and entered his spiritual strength? That's what that scripture is actually driving you to, right? So if you enter into his spiritual strength, right, which is simply trusting the spirit, when you trust the spirit to pray through you, right? Oh my gosh. Suddenly he starts anointing you. He starts equipping you. He starts giving you vision. He starts giving you um, abilities that you didn't have. I thought I had this problem with my brother. I thought I had this concern. But I stopped. I dropped. And I prayed. Right? You got you guys got those signs in your house, right? The old fire signs. Stop, stop, drop, and roll. You should put that sign on your on your mirror. Stop, drop, and pray. Anybody stop, drop, and pray today? Right? Stop, drop, and pray? Because if you stop, drop, and pray before you open your mouth, guess what? You'll enter His strength in His peace, and you will be of the Holy Spirit and not of the concern or misconception or inability or weakness, whatever it may be, that you had. So your prayer life, your spiritual prayer life, praying in the Spirit, is an answer to all things. Okay? There is nothing that cannot be solved when you enter into spiritual prayer. When you enter into spiritual prayer, when you give yourself to the Spirit and you let the Spirit pray through you, my God, my God, you cannot be stopped. Do you realize that? I was a weak man. 20 years ago, I was a weak man. I had no idea who the Holy Spirit was. I had no idea who Jesus was. I, you know what, I, what What happened when heaviness came on me? Which happened probably about five days a week. I chugged about 20. 
to numb the pain. That's how I dealt with my weakness. And until I was broken, until I started crying out, God, if you're real, come save me. Then I got baptized in the Spirit and I fell in love with praying in the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because, my God, all I had to do, and all of a sudden, oh my God, I feel, I feel the presence of the Lord. He made me something I could never make on my own. I was a weak man, and suddenly he made me a strong man. Sending me to India, to nations, sending me to cities, week after week. How in the world could that guy who drank himself to death literally suddenly become somebody that the Lord sends places and wakes up in the middle of the night, five nights a week. So instead of drinking five nights a week, I'm looking on my face. What are you saying, Holy Ghost? What are you saying, Holy Ghost? Amen? Can I get an amen? Amen. Say this with me. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. I will not neglect your secret weapon. Instead of going to the world to deal with my problems, I will go to your Spirit. Who fixes all my weaknesses. Come on. He's the fixer church. He is the strength that you need. You see it even gets better. Verse 27. He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is. The mind of the Spirit, Jesus, picture this, the Spirit of God praying through you. You submitted to the Spirit. He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Who's He? He is Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father in unison with the Spirit who's interceding through you. And the right hand of the Father, the strength of God, is actually releasing His vision and His dream into your life. Giving you the antidote, giving you the answer, giving you the strength that you lack, that you could not figure out on your own. It says the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Amen. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Romans 8, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And the most beautiful part of that revelation in Romans 8, 26 and 27 is that you pray, the last section, you pray the perfect will of God. You see, there's no excuse. When it's coming at you, when everything's going bad, whenever, when everything's a mess, right? But it's not, even, it's not even about that. It's actually those who have wisdom realize it's not even when you're in a mess. It's actually your strength day after day after day after day. You wake up every day. Come on, Lord. Come on. What are we doing today? Where are we going today? Who, who's, who are we casting demons out today? Who needs help today? Amen. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Are you an army church? Yeah. <laughs> you see, the beautiful part of praying in tongues is it's connected to the release of power. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1 um, verse 7 says this, and he makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Verse 14 of Hebrews 1 says this, Are they not all angels ministering spirits sent out by God to those who will inherit salvation? 
So do you know that when you activate the Spirit of God, you're actually activating His angels. His angels do the work. Okay? His angels make your words supernatural. His angels make you supernatural. Make you a flame of fire. Anybody want to be a flame of fire? Right? Why do you think the symbolism in the day of Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was that the wind of God came and it says tongues of fire was the first thing that came upon them because the fire of God produced prophecy and prophecy produced an intoxication that changed the city. That brought thousands in to the fold. Amen? Say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit, make me a flame when I pray. Put the unction in me. To embrace the revelation that your gift of supernatural fire, the presence of God, is at my hand. I submit my will to reach for your fire so that you would come upon me and I would change my city, change my home, change my region. And the devil will quake in his boots. Come on, church. It's not you quaking in your boots. It's the devil quaking in your boots. Jesus just didn't hang on a cross and come up out of the grave so that you could just be forgiven of sin. Although it's extremely important. He came and he said, these signs are going to follow those that believe. In my name, you will take authority over the devil. You will cast out demons. You will heal the sick. You will raise the dead. You will pray in tongues. Right? You're an army, church. You're an army if you choose to submit to the way of the Spirit. You're an army. There is nothing holding you back, each one of you, from being supernatural other than your will. God will not overpower your will. He actually gives and gives and gives. He gives grace. He gives ability. He gives mercy. He washes you clean. He gives it to you. And he's waiting for somebody to go all in. Not not like modern church in America, like convenience style, going through and getting a drive-thru, two two toes in the water, tipping in the water on Sunday. Oh, Lord, I need a drink. Oh, Lord, I need a drink. And And then you're back in the world the rest of the week. No, he's looking for warriors. He's looking for an all-in warrior church to say, yes, I will pray so that your fire will come. You see, if you pray in the Spirit, His fire is is a promise. It's not if, it's it will happen. People say, how in the world, when you go places, why are people, why are all these people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit? Why do people have demons cast out of them? You know, I've been going, I've been going, this is my ninth city in a row over the last two months. And we've, I've been, I was in Vacaville, California um, about a month and a half ago. And at the end of the weekend, we had um, the majority of the room not only was praying in the spirit. None of them, when I went there, none of these guys were praying in the spirit. And at the end of the week, not only were they praying in tongues, they were prophesying. They were actually seeing visions for each other and casting demons out of each other. That's a book of Acts, man. That's a book of Acts. I'm here to witness to you that if you've never done it, there's only one thing between you um, and and it happening in your life, and that's your will. Are you ready to give your will to him? Your whole will, not just coming to church and 
participating once in a while. Amen. The Lord's asking for your heart today. Yeah. He wants warriors. Because a warrior will be spirit first and not the thoughts of strife, not the thoughts of heaviness. Although they come and they're real, instead of submitting to those things, you actually bow down and you begin to pray. And the power of the Holy Spirit changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You know, the, the great men of God, um, they know this. The warriors of God, the people that the Lord sends around the world, the people the Lord sends city to city, they know this. This is an arsenal. It's, a, it's an element of war. It's actually necessary. It's not optional. Before the Lord sent me to India, before the Lord started sending me places, in 2011, the Lord came to me and He says, I want you to pray in tongues for six hours a day for one year. I was like, what? How, how, how can anybody do that? Well, guess what? I submitted to the call and I started praying in tongues and I, I literally, Jesus started showing up. He started introducing me to angels. Um, I started having heavenly visitations. Amen. I started having abilities that I couldn't do beforehand. Okay? And what I learned is stop, drop, and pray, baby. Yeah. If there's any concern, if there, have I even prepared to go? Stop, drop, and pray, baby. Yeah. Before, any, before any meeting I ever do, I'm two or three hours praying in tongues. Two or three hours at least praying in tongues, waiting for the Lord to speak so that I'm ready to go give what he called me to give. Okay? And so preparation is a key thing. You guys ever hear of uh, William Booth? William Booth, was the, he, he's the guy that created the Salvation Army. And the original Salvation Army looked nothing like what it looks like today. They've done down the Salvation Army to handing out clothes. Yes. Yes. My gosh. William Booth would roll over in his grave uh -uh. if he knew what his army turned into. If he knew what those arrows from the enemy did when he came in and dumbed down his army. Separated them. Separated the spirit out of his army. And they become something that just deals with natural needs of people. Yeah. And I'm not downplaying the natural needs of people. But what the original call of God upon William Booth was to create an army, right? And they prayed. The stories of William Booth praying, he valued the gift of tongues so profoundly that William Booth, during his 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 preaching, William Booth would it was it's a, the message was called the man under the stage. He would actually have one of one of his generals that reported to him, they'd be interceding underneath the stage. In addition to the hours before the meeting. Amen? And William Booth, he, he, he'd be so in tune with the Spirit, there'd be people getting healed, you know, demons being cast out of people, people baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, and he, would, he would, all of a sudden he would stop and he'd say things like, did you stop praying? Pray, pray. And then he would kick back up, and the wave of glory would, would sweep back out over the people. They would walk the streets and people would succumb to the presence and the glory of the Lord. Because they prayed. The Salvation Army was about praying people. Yeah. The Salvation Army was about people who knew the fire of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And they used the fire of the Holy Ghost as the most profound weapon that would ever be seen on earth. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Anybody have an inkling that they might need the fire of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, Jesus. 
Baptize me in fire today. In every way I've neglected your, your weapon. I repent. And I ask for the fire of God to cause me to stop, drop, and roll. Every day of my life, in my prayer room, before I go outside, that I may do your will, O Lord. Amen. Get ready. Get ready. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> but see, the, the purpose of the intercession is actually to produce a strategy. Okay? The pattern in the Bible with the gift of tongues. On the day of Pentecost, it says the Spirit of God was poured out. They prayed in tongues. Then they prophesied. Okay? Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 says, I wish you all pray in tongues even more that you prophesy. Why? Because when you pray in tongues, the, the Lord promises that visions and dreams and his voice would be known in your heart. Okay? And when you actually can speak the word of the Lord to the body, guess what? You're actually being the voice of God to the people. Amen? And the voice of the Lord to the people is actually what empowers them with the strategy that the Lord and the ability of the Lord, what he wants to do right now in this hour. Right? Yes. How did you how did you feel when I was reading the vision the Lord gave me for you this morning? Does anybody get pumped up? Yes. Was there anybody getting pumped up? Yes. You see, that wasn't my vision. That was the vision of the Holy Spirit. That there's a deliverance team here. That there's an intercession team here. There's a strategy of overcoming the wiles of the devil here. Amen. That's his plan. Amen. Are you gonna enter it? Are you gonna really gonna enter it? Yeah. Or is this just another Sunday? I don't know if you call me even decent, but a decent message. <laughs> Seriously, are you going to change and enter into his strategy? Yeah. Because I'm gonna ask you for some things here in a minute. Okay. Okay. Are you ready for me to ask? Because it's not me asking. In fact, I'll ask for them now. Do I have any volunteers to step forward on weekly intercession at this church? Not just once a week. I'm talking daily. Do I have any volunteers to pray an hour before that man gets on this pulpit so that the power of God is so strong in here that nothing can stop what's happening in this place? Do I have any volunteers who would say, I will enter that army called deliverance. I want to flow in words of knowledge. I want to cast out devils. I don't care if you've never done it. If you give the Lord your yes here today, he will do what you can never do. It's not about you. It's about you submitting to his will because he said he is the one who releases power on earth. Amen. Amen. Do I have any volunteers? Do I have anybody like who leads men's groups who says, I'm not just going to go do some cool kick cookouts and some fishing things and some, some wild motorcycle rides. I'm looking for some men who become spiritual, who say, we're going to support this call on Pastor David's life and what's in this house. And we're going to start praying two days a week as part of this intercession. Do I have any volunteers? Who would enter in to say, you know what, I want to be part of that intercession team because I have a revelation of how important praying in the spirit for this house is and interceding. Amen. Do I have any volunteers? 
Do I have any volunteers? I pray that the fear of the Lord would fall upon you, that you would not look back in 10 years and say, I missed my opportunity. I sat there like a bump on a log and I did the exact same thing that I always did instead of stepping into my spiritual calling. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. And if you say yes, supernatural things will happen to you because he's supernatural. And all you have to do is Submit to his spirit. Amen. 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 Will you really say yes? Yes. yes? yes. You see, I can get away with saying things that Pastor David can't. <laughs> you guys can kick me out. Pastor David can kick me out. But the only way the Lord sends me around the world is I said yes and I did it his way. Yeah. I didn't just play church. I actually looked back and say, my God, you're all just playing church. I walked into city to city. Stop playing church and enter his army. Stop playing church and enter his army. This isn't about you. Jesus said, he who follows me will deny himself, pick up his cross, meaning you'll put yourself there. You will allow yourself to die and you will let his will flow through you. It's not about you. That's what true Christianity is about. It's not about you. It's not about you feeling good. It's not about you getting healed, although those are important. But it's about you saying yes. And when you say yes, he will do supernatural things through you. He will do things through you that you you won't even be able to fathom. If I told you where I came from, man, I, I grew up eating government cheese. My dad lost his job for like four years. Government cheese and, and, and free lunch tokens. No dream. Hopeless. No way I was getting out of Steeltown, Pennsylvania. There's no way. But God showed up in my life and I said yes. Amen? It's him. I, I claim nothing. I was a poor guy that had no hope. I'm talking no hope. You know what my answer was? And I make myself numb, numb enough so that it wouldn't hurt anymore. You know how Jesus takes care of all that junk? Just say yes, man. Just say yes. He'll take care of it. He will. I know my God. He will take care of it. So here's the deal. There's a strategy. There's a strategy that comes when you go into prayer, okay? And I'll give you a couple of examples that the Lord gives you strategy that is supernatural, okay? Um, when I was in India, I think it was uh, 2017, um, I'm standing, I'm, I'm sitting on stage, there's, there's a couple thousand people, um, and I'm about ready to get up, and, and the, Lord, the Lord says, uh, pretty much, this is what he said, you're not preaching tonight, um, I want you to call up deaf mutes. And so I tell my interpreter what we're doing. My interpreter um, gets up and he says, did any parents bring any of their kids that are deaf mute? Um, is there anybody that you know around you that's deaf and mute? Can't hear, bring them forward. Okay, they bring, they bring, and there's, there's literally like, out of 2,000 people, there's like at least 50 people. And I'm like, that many deaf mutes? What's going on in this place? So I, so I get down off the stage and I lay my hand on the first guy and I, I lay my hand on the second guy 
And when I lay my hand on the second guy, he's actually being held by by two um, two young men on each side of him. He's like this this young man that I'm praying for. He's like 19, 20 years old. Okay, and there's two guys actually holding him, holding him, and he he's shaking like this. I lay my hand on him, and it was like it was like the power of God hit him. He flies backwards. He he lands on his back, and he sits up, and he looks around. And he starts to talk. And he, he made eye contact with this older man that came up with him. And the older man falls down. He's weeping. He's crying. And I'm, I ask my interpreter what's going on. So, you know, I'm praying for people and I come back. And he tells me. He says, this is what happened. This 19-year-old kid, when he was 14, his dad, because of, of uh, Hindu custom in the region, they took their kids into Hindu temples. And what happens in the Hindu temples is a lot more witchcraft than you think, okay? They actually pronounce uh, things on them. They curse them. Um, they actually, part of the Hindu um, religion is very demonic, okay? And these priests are not very nice people. And these kids get molested in there, and uh, they get demons imparted to them. And the interpreter says the story is that when the kid was 14, he was normal. He could talk, he could hear, walk, intelligent, nothing wrong with him, okay? When they took him to the Hindu temple, he came out of the temple, he couldn't hear, he couldn't speak, and he shook violently, okay? And the dad had to tie, him, tie this kid down at night so that he wouldn't hurt anybody. And, he, and the dad had to do this for five years, okay? And the, the, the moral of the story is that the dad... Actually, we brought the dad up on stage and the dad basically said, my son, as all of your children were normal before they came into the temple. Okay. And he handed the mic over to me and he says, now, now my, my, uh, my son is made new by Christ. He's healed by Christ. And I got up and I started to talk about anybody who has gone into the Hindu temple and has walked out with a physical problem, a physical ailment, a mental problem, and an illness, and literally a, th a thousand people come, come to the altar. And guess what? We're casting demons out of people for hours, okay? We're casting demons out of people for hours, and the people, they get baptized in the Holy Ghost, they're praying in tongues, they're, they're shaking in the presence of the Lord. And guess what? The moral is this. That was the Lord's strategy. That wasn't my strategy. I prayed in the Spirit. He gave me a strategy that was actually very easy, simple. This whole region has a culture that they must send their kids, whatever they believe, they just send them. It's local custom. They send these kids into the temples and they come out with problems. Right? And the Lord says, not today. I'm going to break this stronghold today in this place. Amen. I'm going to break this stronghold today. And you know, that's the pattern of the Bible. That's a pattern. You pray in the spirit. He gives you revelation. He gives you strategy, visions, right? And he speaks. He wants, to, he wants somebody to speak for him to break strongholds. Amen. You guys ready to break some strongholds? I'm not talking about just Pastor David on, on the pulpit on Sunday. I hope Pastor David breaks some strongholds today. I hope, he, I hope he's on it, baby. 
I hope he goes after today. No, I'm talking about you on these teams being engaged spiritually. Oh my gosh, the Lord has a vision. Down under the bridge, there's five homeless guys. We're to go down there and watch what happens. Amen? You ready to enter the army of the Lord? Because strategy is a promise, guys. Strategy, I mean, if, if you didn't actually need the Lord and the Lord promised that he would give it to you, why do you need your God? You can go study, you can go study and, and be religious all you want. But the evidence of a relationship is he's with you. Amen. He is with you. Amen. Do you know him? Yes. Paul said it this way when he went into Corinth. He went in to see the Greeks, right? Socrates, Socrates, uh, that's Socrates, by the way. Socrates, great, 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 great grandson and all those philosophers. And he's in there and it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says that he, he entered into debates with them. Can you picture Paul? He's trying to um, argue and philosophize with the greatest philosophers in the world saying, well, Jesus is real. Jesus was crucified, which is true. But then all of a sudden he says, I did not come with the wise words of wisdom of men, but I came with a demonstration of power. You know what that means? Paul stopped. He said, whoa, whoa, I got a feeling. I better stop, drop, and pray. And all of a sudden, the Lord, the Lord starts downloading strategy into Paul. He starts getting vision for socks for so great. Great, 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 great grandson. And he starts to prophesy over him. And all of a sudden, he starts to shake and tremble. What is that? That's the Spirit of God talking to you, my man. That's the Spirit of God. And all of a sudden, one Greek falls to the ground. And he prophesies over another, and another Greek falls to the ground. And he casts demons out of people. And they get up going, Jesus is real. Jesus is real. It's not just something I have to philosophize on paper and rationalize. It's a spiritual revelation. It's a spiritual awakening. The power walked into the room and something that, that keep people deaf, dumb, and blind spiritually can't stay because one man who hears the Lord is a weapon. Can I, can I get some army members? Can I get somebody who's never prophesied, who's never done anything supernatural to say, I'm going to submit myself to the way of the Spirit. I want to pray in tongues and I want to enter the army. And let the Lord use me. Amen. 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 Tell your neighbor, you are a member of the army of God. Come on, tell them like you mean it. You're in the army. Come on, this isn't a, an American normal, mundane, you know, sit against the wall and, and listen and walk out and get, get the, I don't know, out back. We used to run out of church, run down the street and find people to pray for. We used to stand, me and my friend used to stand in the back of the church and say, all right, Lord, who needs, who, who, who's dealing with depression? Who's dealing with suicide? Who's dealing with this? Who's dealing with that? And the Lord would drop these strategies with us and we would literally pull like 10 people out of the audience as they were walking out and we'd say, can we pray for you? Can we pray for you? That's how I learned. We would actually take them up, pastors left, 
They have some music on and we start praying for people. And three hours later, we're still casting demons out of people and prophesying over people. And people get up off the ground shaken. They're never the same again. And they come into the army. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, it was it was in a, a little storefront, 80 people. In, in three years, we had uh, excelled up to almost 1,000 people. We couldn't get people in the building. We had to get another building, okay? And on Friday nights, we, on Friday nights, we would have 150 people praying in tongues violently till the wee hours of the morning and prophesying and casting demons out of people and healing the sick. We had an army that we actually built and started releasing out in, into the city. Amen? Amen? Are you getting some vision? Amen. Huh? Are you getting some vision, church? So how do you get how do you get words of knowledge? How do you get this? Jesus promises in Matthew 16, uh, verse 18. He says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. OK. The the aspect of already been loosed and already been bound meaning your prayer life allows you to enter into the realms of heaven where the Lord actually gives you strategy and he's already giving you how to do it, when to do it, how it's going to happen, right? And so if he shows it to you, it's going to happen. Amen. Do you realize that? If he shows it to you, it's going to happen. Amen. When he showed me the deaf mutes, it was going to happen. Amen. Okay? Yeah. It's going to happen. Are you convinced? Yes. Are you convinced it's going to happen? Yes. If you pray, it's going to happen. Yes. If you pray in the Holy Ghost, it's going to happen. Yes. I hear the Lord say, do not fear, I am with you. Amen. Do not fear, I am with you. Is he with you? Yes. You see, if you claim it, but don't do it, it's just talk. Yeah. Oh, brother, I'm doing good. Don't fear the Lord is with you. Really? Tell me about your prayer life. Tell me about how he's with you. Tell me about the evidence of him using you. Yeah. Of you rising up to overcome. Of, of how you hear. Of how you flow in the spirit. Of how you listen and go do after you pray. Yeah. Yeah. But the strategy is clear. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose has already been loosed in heaven. Here's the, here's the thing, guys. You can't loose what you don't see. If you don't have a prayer life and are connected and he gives it to you, you have nothing to lose. You're like a sounding gong. Right? Do you ever see those guys standing on the street corner? God love them. They're sitting out there. And, You're going to hell. Jesus said you're going to hell. And they, they, use, they use scripture, which is true, but they do it out of the spirit. You're going to hell. Trying to, how many people do you ever see respond? Seriously, how many people do you ever hear see respond? I mean, they're getting rocks thrown at them. Some Christians, I, would, I might even throw rocks at them. But one guy who gets a vision of the Lord and says, I see this upon you, my friend. You dealt with this problem, but the Lord's going to heal your heart today. Yeah, 
and he's speaking to you. You're, you're, you're a preacher, my man. You're a preacher. And, and the man starts to shake. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God bears witness because the voice of God is breaking through the wall. You don't have to deal with philosophy. You don't have to deal with all these religious views and all this. It's spirit to spirit. Amen? Amen. Strategy. Amen. It's supernatural strategy. Amen. And so, just one more scripture here. Jeremiah, actually a few more scriptures, sorry. Um, Jeremiah 1.9. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, right? Um, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See this day that I have set you over nations and over kingdoms to root out, to pull down and destroy. That's the demonic. And to um, build and to plant the kingdom of heaven. The word word there is actually the, the uh, it's equivalent to the Greek word rhema. It actually means the, his, his vision, what he's assigning you right now. And he's, he's telling Jeremiah, when I speak to you and I give you the assignment, I am with you. I will do, be the one rooting out, tearing down and destroying Amen. the demonic kingdom. Amen. So it, 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 it's, it's, not, it's not something that's impossible. It's actually easy if you submit yourself to the way of the Spirit and you hear Him because if He speaks to you, He's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's simple. He does the work. I'm standing up in front of thousands of people, okay? I'm not the one initiating the fight, calling out deaf mutes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Jesus is a hunter-killer, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Don't make any bones about it. He's looking for a man or a woman who will have his nature and say, I need to, to deliver these people. Yeah. Didn't Jesus say that? He said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. To heal the brokenhearted, bring sight to the blind, set the captive free. That's a war declaration. That is a declaration of war saying, I'm coming for my people. I am coming for my people. I'm not mad at my people. I didn't come to condemn my people. I came to heal and deliver, awaken and equip. And I will, I will equip you to turn your tables on the enemy. No longer will you be the one walked on. You'll be the one walking on them. You'll be the one hunting fear. You'll be the one hunting suicide because you learn how to hunt it down. You'll be the one hunting deaf mutes so that you can command those spirits out of people. Amen? Is there anybody that's ready to turn the tables on their enemy? Yeah? Say, come on, Holy Ghost. Anoint me. To turn the tables on my enemy. That I would not wake up in fear. That I would wake up in dominion. Ready to fight your fight. That your will would be released on earth. That my house would be in peace. That every generational curse would tremble at the sound of my coming. Amen? Amen. <laughs> you see, Jesus reiterates this call to fight in the Spirit in the, in the New Testament. In, in, Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, famous scripture, you've all heard it. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word, the word rhema. The sword of the Spirit is the now word of the Lord. The sword of the Spirit is what He is saying to you in this hour. Amen. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. 
He's actually saying, if you actually begin to pray, you can expect all the armor of the Lord to put on you. Because the helmet is what he's saying. The, the, the breastplate is what he's saying. Right? The, the, the gospel of peace on your feet is what he's saying. The shield of faith is what he is saying. Right? The sword of the spirit is what he is saying. You see, there's a lot of people that think they have armor on. But until you've entered in to the hearing him and you wake up knowing this is what I am. This is what I'm facing. This is what I'm going to do. And, and, and the, the sword of the spirit, you actually start to actually say what he's saying. You see, I could have sat on that stage and I'm thinking to myself, well, the Lord said about deaf mutes, but maybe I'll hold on to that to see how the people react. You know, see how it goes. And I might put that in my pocket. But no, I trusted what the Lord showed me and there was an outpouring. Amen? Amen. And Paul actually said to make warfare. To make warfare through it. In 1 Timothy 1.18 this, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning me to you, that by them you wage a good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, having some having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. You see, you can, you can hear prophecies you can hear revelatory teaching, but many people um, suffer shipwreck because they don't embrace what the Lord is saying and they don't enter into to the awakening of the Spirit. There's, a, there's enough spiritual revelation that I just gave you here today that literally in 30 days, this whole region could be shifted. If each of you had five people, if each of you started to prophesy over five people in the next 30 days, my God, you'd actually need to get a bigger building, Pastor. You would need a bigger building. Amen? Amen. But it all starts with prayer, guys. Yeah. Yeah. This thing all starts with prayer. All right. Are you ready to pray? Yes. How many people do I have that have participated in the weekly prayer? So maybe 15%. Can I get 50? <laughs> what would happen? What would happen if half of you right now came in and you started praying violently in the Holy Spirit? And, and, and you actually not just did it one day. You actually started scheduling it multiple times a week, four times a week. You had different groups actually strategically praying in the Spirit. And people start getting activated with, with dreams and visions and, and the supernatural power of the Spirit. And, and Pastor David's up here, he, he starts to shake and, and, and supernatural things start happening and just it, it becomes uncontainable. Are you ready to enter into the vision? You see, there, there's different calls, okay? Most of the church has been um, made numb in the mundane continuous repent of your sin there's death to life and then there's life to life okay you can sit in a chair all your life and claim you have life but the evidence is is he with you and it, are there people coming into the kingdom as a result of your knowing Christ Amen. right Amen. Jesus actually said you know you're going to stand in front of him and the answer, the question is going to be, do I know you? 
What's your name again? Can you picture that? You, be, you, be, you sat in your pew for 40 years. And Jesus, Jesus standing in front of you going, Hey, Michael. Who's that guy? What's that guy saying? What's his name? Anybody ready to pick up the cross? Seriously, I don't want just a regular Sunday church guest. Are you ready to pick up your cross? I'm talking change your lifestyle. I'm talking dedicate your time to the kingdom so that the Lord will do his work. He doesn't do it without working through men and women. Okay? He needs yeses. He needs an army. Okay? One man, one man who says yes violently can become a supernatural force in the kingdom. Be sent all over the place. But what happens if, if you all say yes just to Louisville? What happens? What happens if people, what happens if what happened out at Bethel um, in, in Redding, California, people flying in from all over the world, what if they start doing that to Louisville because you all decided to start praying? All right. There's something happening in Louisville. People are violently praying in the Holy Spirit. And when you walk in, people walk through the door and they just fall down. They, they start shaking violently and they get up crying and weeping because the, because the outpouring of the Holy Spirit has happened. Yeah. Yeah. What would happen if we actually turned a Sunday morning into a prayer meeting? Anybody who runs through that door, Charlie and Bill, you tag one. <laughs> I'm joking, guys. I might tag you. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life. 